When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hello, and welcome back to Betches Brides. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Nicole Pellegrino. And we are here with a very special guest, comedian, actress, author, writer, podcast host, and now host of The Wedding Coach on Netflix, Jamie Lee. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Hello. We're so excited to have you. Um, I feel like you are like the perfect Betches Brides guest because you have like the mix of like wedding expert knowledge but you're also like funny so you get that like nothing's that serious which is like sort of the crux of this podcast yes Um, yes of course so we're very excited to have you my favorite part about you is that you acknowledge that wedding planning is stressful as fuck but also like you you help on your show you help couples through it and so you acknowledge that it's stressful and it's ridiculous and you even wrote a book about it called Wediculous um so that's perfectly on brand for this podcast so we're so excited to have you Oh, well, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Betches and Betches Bride and all the Betches. So it's great. Yeah. So, Jamie, can you take us through like how, because you're a comedian. So how did you get into like wedding content as like a thing that you were going to really talk about? Yeah. um, Yeah, not not so directly. Um, I basically just, well, I got engaged and that was in like 2015, I guess. Um, I got engaged and I had wanted to write a book, but I wasn't sure what it was going to be about. And then when I got engaged, I started sort of just like posting stuff on Instagram of like dresses and funny comments about the dresses and like the way the models were posing with the dresses. And then kind of just started posting a lot of wedding content, just sort of in my own wedding planning journey, not thinking anything of it. Um, I had no plan in mind for it. And then my friend Jacqueline Novak is another comedian um, reached out and was like, I think that if you want to write a book, this could be your book. Like there really isn't like a funny wedding planning book right now. Um, And maybe we could write it together and like, that would be it. So we put together a proposal and we sold it. And then um, that actually aligned with like my wedding planning process. So I ended up writing this book about getting married while I actually was getting married So everything was happening in real time. And anytime I had any kind of like upset or turmoil or let down, whether it was something more superficial, like a floral issue or 
something bigger, like a mother-in-law fiance issue. I was just having to write about it. And I actually had a place to like put all of these really strong feelings. So that's how the book came about. And then um, someone at Netflix got a hold of my book um, because his wife was reading it, I guess, when they were getting married. And then he was like, would you ever want to pitch a show about this? And I was like, yeah, actually, I've always tried to think of how I could fit it into a TV show. And so then when he was like, all right, well, think about it, take your time, you know, come up with a format, whatever. Um, yeah. And so then I just kind of started thinking about like, well, how could this book actually like turn into a thing that helps people? And then I was like, what if it was like Queer Eye, but for weddings? And I went in and like helped people who are struggling, getting married the way I was struggling. And so, yeah, that's kind of how everything fell into place, I would say. That's awesome. You're like one of the first people I feel like in the world to be able to profit off of their wedding stress and anxiety. Most people lose yes. money in the process. So kudos Pretty to sure you. I still <laughs> lost money. I still I don't think it, I don't think I'll ever make back everything I lost, but it is a nice way to look at it. Sure. It's nice to have an outlet to like vent to like take to social media or in your case, as they say in the movie Mean Girls, put it in the book, which you did. Put it in the exactly. book. That's exactly right. Wedding I, burn book. I definitely wrote a wedding burn book. Oh, my yes. God. Wait, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. In fact, I, I've talked about this a little bit before, but my original manuscript was so angry. Like it was just like so like hate filled and just so emotionally charged that I remember when I sent it to my editor for the first time, she's like, Hey, um, like, I think we could like scale this back a little bit. Like maybe, we, so could, funny. maybe we could tone this down just a little. And I was like, okay, Who yeah, like, you? So, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, even now, like when I read the finished product, I'm like, wow, I was really going through something like this is, yeah. this is heightened, you know? What do you think was like the crux of what like really stressed you about about the wedding? If you could sort of like looking back, kind of put yeah, point your finger at it. Like what was the thing that really was like messing you up? Totally. Um, so I think for me, it was kind of like a two parter. I think the first part was that I was not someone who grew up dreaming about their wedding at all. I had no expectations. I didn't have any vision of like, I'm going to look like this. It's going to be in this particular location. I have moved around a decent amount. I'm from Texas, but I lived in LA and New York. So I don't really have like a commitment to a specific location where I'm like, Oh, that's home to me. You know? So I was kind of like, not a good, like not an ideal candidate. So what ended up happening was when I started spending money on things, I inherently started to care. And I think I was blindsided by my own commitment to what was going on. Like I, I didn't realize that I was capable of falling into this sort of like wormhole of caring about all of it. Like I, I just thought I was, I, I mean, I know it sounds like arrogant, but I, I kind of thought I was above it. And then I realized I was very, very, very below it. And that was just like a weird sort of like personality right. trait. I didn't know that I had. That's so funny. I feel like I felt exactly the same way as that. So you really pinpointed that really well, especially like I remember seeing all my friends because I was one of the later ones in my friend group to get married and seeing all of them like talk about like these like small decisions or like compare their rings. And I'd be like, who gives a shit about any of that I stuff? It's so weird. And then like I was I started looking at rings. I'm like, oh, like I actually kind of do want a nice ring. And like, I'm yeah. actually very particular about like, what, you know what I mean? You become this person that you're like, I'm right. Like, I never thought I thought I was like better than this. I thought I was like the cool girl with like the real perspective. And then you get into it and you realize you're not. 
Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm so basic. I had no idea. I'm the most basic person <laughs> that ever existed. I'm more basic yeah. than the basics. Literally, there's no such thing as like the chill bride that's not going to care. Once you get into it, you start caring. And I think you say on your show at one point, which we'll get more into, but you say at one point that it's like, you know, the, it is driven out of this, like, what are people going to kind of think if I do things totally. a certain th- a way with my wedding? So like, no matter how chill you are, I feel like you you start caring one about something as it gets into the wedding, which then makes you more stressed. So, yeah. And then the other part. So this is, like I said, is a two prong, two prong situation. So the first part is what we just discussed. Then the second part I realized was I was learning things about just my fiance, our dynamic, his dynamic with his parents, my dynamic with my parents, where you're just kind of getting information that you never really knew you wanted or needed (laughs) about each other and about the way things are handled. And I think ultimately it's, it's good to go through that, but for that to sort of coincide with the stress of just like securing vendors and just like the planning intricacies for that to align with just the minutia of planning, I think to me was like the recipe for this is what makes people insane. Right. It's like a very interesting like test. It's like your first, like you just, it's weird funny how you, they should make you like decide if you want to get married after you start wedding planning with someone. Yes. And then like, you should propose after you've started planning. Right. Wedding. And then like yeah. you say, like, how did you handle this? Like, let me grade. We should grade each other. And then if our grades align well. Yeah. Then, then we can talk about moving forward. Right. 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 Cause there's like, when, when in the process of dating, do you have to make that many decisions together that are like expensive and like difficult and like emotional? Yeah. No. And also, I mean, in some ways I think it's a good test too, in terms of like, even if it's, you're, you're sort of learning things about each other that are not the most favorable. It's also like, well, like it is good to sort of know what you're working with, like for better or worse, because like marriage is a long game and it's a marathon, not a sprint and all the cliches you hear and like better to sort of confront some of that stuff earlier, I think, than be sort of shocked by it later in your relationship. I think it's kind of nice to to see what's really going on. Totally. So where, where did you wind up getting married? When did you get married? Um, I got married in 2016. Um, I ended up getting married in California because I was living in Los Angeles, still am, but I'm in New York right now for the pandemic. Um, but yeah, I uh, I got married at this place called Eden Gardens, which was um, in Moore Park, California. The, it's kind of like an area with a bunch of different venues in pretty close proximity to each other. And it was just like a very beautiful, like outdoor botanical garden, lots of flowers and like windy pathways and there were peacocks on the premises that was a big selling point so sounds yeah, lovely it was it was <laughs> really, really beautiful. sounds like a venue that you don't have to do a ton of decor you to. don't no that's itself. one of the reasons i went for it i was like this place like they really knocked it out of the park also the weather is like very consistent in moore park like even more than los angeles um, yeah, like they gave us stats that were like, oh, it hasn't rained since like 1984 or some crazy thing where I was like, oh, we're good. Like, and honestly, like my wedding day was weather wise, one of the most beautiful days that I've ever seen. I mean, I was like, wow. we really lucked out. It was like top to tails, like just perfect. Yeah. 
That's awesome. That's rare when you hear that that happens because it's always the weather. I know. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. We both have watched the show. It's so interesting. It's I, I love it. I love the fact that like you're kind of like going through it with these couples. It's a little more real about like the fact that they're fighting and the fact that they're disagreeing as opposed to like just talking about like napkin colors and stuff like you really get to the heart. Yes. And the magic and the fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like in doing that, like what do you feel like is like the most common issue that you've come across when dealing with these couples? I think the most common issue would be that I think a lot of the stress falls on the bride. I think that, um, I think that that is probably the the thing that I noticed the most is that in like heteronormative relationships, uh, you know, the, the bride really is dealing with a lot. Whereas the groom's like, I'm cool. I don't care. And I think in some instances, that's exactly the dynamic they're hoping for. I think there are brides that really want that autonomy and they want to be able to just like kind of call the shots and they don't need a lot of help. And then I think there are other people who would appreciate more support and um, don't necessarily get it. And I don't even think it's the fault of their partner as much as just the sort of social construct of like the bride does everything. And the guy kind of just like, doesn't, (laughs) doesn't have to deal with the same kinds of issues. So obviously the most common one being the juxtaposition of what the bride is doing on her wedding day versus what the groom is doing. I mean, I really saw that firsthand because we were filming in the bridal suite and the groom's suite. So yeah, I I would see like, Oh, well the bridesmaids are getting their makeup done starting at 8 AM. And you know, they had a late night just like the groom did the night before. And then the grooms are just like, yeah, we like roll out of bed in like one. And then we're just like drinking and like hanging out. It's just like that. That's the type of stuff where I start to be like, Oh, this is like a little twisted. It's so not fair. The guys get to like, literally, like you said, roll out They're They're getting ready days like fun. They're like getting wasted. The, the brides, we have a strict timeline. You can't, you right. have, must go the, during your time on the sheet when it says, and it's like, yeah, you cannot get your makeup done at a different time. It's insane. 
Well, also, I, they almost get another bachelor party. It's like a daytime bachelor party. They right, get to just right. drink out of flasks and smoke cigars and hang so out true. in a hotel. I'm like, that's just like a that's like a that's like bachelor brunch. Right. And for brides, it's like a boot camp of like you get up at the crack of dawn yeah. and then you're like, um, you kind of have to just like follow the bride around everywhere. And there's a lot of like sitting around waiting for like orders from like whoever's in charge. Yep. And then you get like a salad, um, yeah. but water <laughs> yeah. so that you're like have energy for the rest of the day. Right, um, right. It's a production. It's like a full production. It really is. Which I think some people really love, by the way. I think some people really yeah. enjoy the timeline and the getting ready. And it just feels like the anticipation is ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. And um, I don't know what, if you feel this way at all, but I've hit a point in my life where I have a real like love hate relationship with makeup and having makeup put on me. Like I love a Sephora run. Like I will splurge and be horrified with myself in how much money I spent on makeup. And at the exact same time, when I was like getting my makeup done for my wedding, I was like, I just am like tired of like people trying to fix my face or something. Like I have this really weird, just like yeah, split yeah. feelings on it where I'm like, I love beauty. I love celebrating beauty. I love like beauty products, but then also I'm like, like, I just want to don't, I don't want to wear makeup to my own wedding. I just want to like have a no makeup wedding. It's like so much pressure. I think this day to also look like the most perfect you've ever looked that like, Ugh. It, I think that's also what, what turns you into like this crazier version of yourself is like, you're kind of like, well, if I kind of like half-ass it now, like I'm not going to be able to do it again. Right. Everyone's going to see the pictures of this day and think that like, you know, I wasn't that best version of myself. And then like that, th there was my shot. <laughs> Social media has added the pressure too. It's like whether you have a platform or you don't like Jordana and I always say, since we host this podcast, people are, ex we're both planning weddings too now. And I'm oh, like, you're guys, in the midst of it right the second. Yes. Hers wow, is November. Wow. Mine is September. Yeah. And I'm starting to get oh, like wow. very stressed. Wow, wow, wow. You know, we might have to do one more episode of, of the wedding coach and have you come in and be our coach. Oh, I'm there. I'm there. I would love it. You, I'm yes. I am for hire. Right. Yeah. Seriously. I could be in, wait, film an extra bonus episode. Or yeah, two. literally. Let's. Oh, somebody talked to Netflix. I know. Um, <laughs> I loved that you would come in um, on the show for these different couples, no matter what kind of wedding they were having, big or small, whether they were putting it on themselves or it was a larger wedding. You kind of came in week of and not like as a planner, you weren't like, let me handle every logistic detail, right. but you came in and helped them have these like hard conversations with people or helped them just like have more fun with each other as a couple or what, it, you know, any, any issue, like you really assessed what they needed and like helped them with it. And I love that you brought comedians in with you because that just made it all more fun and funny. That said, did you have like a favorite episode or even like favorite couple to work with or like which one stuck out? Or which was the most challenging even? I would say probably the most challenging moment for me. And I'm sure if anyone's watched the show, you're probably guessing what it is at this point. Um, there was a conversation that I had to have with um, with one of my bride's uh, sister-in-laws. And is that right? Sister-in-law? My yeah. bride's sister-in-law. Yeah. Okay. Oh, was this um, Cassandra? Yeah. With Cassandra. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that was, a, that was particularly challenging. If you do end up watching the show, um, you will definitely see what I'm talking about. 
it was hands down one of the most uncomfortable conversations I've ever had in my entire life. Um, it obviously for time got edited way down, but that it was edited down to maybe a five minute conversation. It was probably two hours long. Oh wow! And it was just, it was so hard because you're there, you know, I'm objective. I'm coming in. I don't really know anyone. I definitely am like, you know, as I say on the show, I'm bride or die. I'm like there for the bride. And I really do feel like her lawyer, almost like a, a lawyer yeah. who's like more emotionally involved. Therapist so I'm kind slash of there lawyer. Like, yeah. You're <laughs> yeah. kind of like this publicist, therapist, lawyer person. And you're just like all about your client. Your client is the bride. And like this um, sister-in-law who is like just young. And I don't, I don't really know. I know there was tension between her and um, her brother, the 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 groom. Um, and I didn't really understand all of the dynamics that were happening, but it was just very, very uncomfortable. And watching my bride deal with it, I, I really felt for her because I know that feeling of like, there's something going on in this family and you're marrying into this family. And, you know, at the end of the day though, it's your wedding and like, you really care about your wedding. And she basically just wasn't giving an answer of whether or not she would be in the bridal party. She was invited to be in the bridal party as the groom sister. And she wouldn't say if she would do it. And all they wanted was just a clear answer. And so on top of not really getting that, the, the girl, Cassandra, Cassandra was like, just really terse and like just a tough personality. And I just really, I thought that was really hard. And I also, you know what? I also felt for Cassandra because I was like, something is going on here that she's not, she doesn't feel comfortable talking about. And maybe she doesn't feel comfortable telling Thais, my bride, maybe there's something way bigger that she's like, I don't want to talk about this on television. Like, I don't know what Mm -hmm. it was, but I'm just sitting there sitting in the discomfort of this just awkward dynamic. And it was, I mean, I literally like walked out of that scene And like we, our van was parked out front that our like production van was parked out front. I like walked to the production van and I was like taking off my mic pack. And I was like, I was like, I got to like take a shower or something. That's like the most uncomfortable (laughs) I've been possibly ever in my life. You, you forget you're on camera, by the way, you, you're not even, you're not even thinking about the show at that point. You are like, that's the one cool thing about reality TV is you film for so long there's no like cut, start again, right. There's none of that. You just roll. So you completely forget you're being filmed and you're just like in a situation. And like, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wow, I've just like merged with these people's lives. Like this isn't even about the TV anymore. This is about just like getting to the bottom of what is actually going on here. It was crazy, crazy experience. I'm sure. I mean, the thing about weddings also is that they bring out like all of your like family dysfunction that you like have managed to oh, like sweep sure. under the rug for like, you know, the purposes of just everyday life then get like compounded. And I feel like it really highlights them because it's this like very important day that like has all this meaning that people are very sensitive. And then like all the dysfunction like simmers to the top. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. That's the one thing we've seen. And so when I watched that episode with the sister-in-law, I was like, our audience would love this because they could be able to relate to it so much. It, I was so awkward watching the five minute scene. And so I can't imagine how you felt awkward. Oh my God, Nicole, you can't, I mean, this, it was like, it was like, it was like the most memorable moment of that entire (laughs) summer. Like not even that show, (laughs) just of the entire summer that we filmed. I was like, yeah, it was wild. No, but we, 
we get a bunch of questions all the time from, um, you know, our audience just about family members. And a lot of times it is the sister-in-law or the mother-in-law a lot of times, but any, any family member who just always an in-law usually, right. Right. Who just isn't being supportive and doesn't want to take part in the wedding at all. Or the flip side, they're like overly caring. Yeah. Unwanted, unwanted involvement. What do you feel like is the best way to deal with like a relative like that who you can't like, they're not like a friend. You can't just like not have them. Like, what do you think is the, you know, I don't know if this is a controversial opinion, but I really think that when it comes down to that, I, that is where you go, oh man, I really hope my fiance has a backbone and like steps in and handles this for me because there, that is, and that, I don't think that's asking too much. I do think that that is a little idealistic because I think a lot of people don't know that that's the right move because they've never been put in a position where they have to set a boundary with a family member. But I do kind of, I don't know. I feel like it would be really nice if the person whose family it is, like you deal with them on behalf of your partner and like try to shield your partner from some of that stuff. I don't know that it can always work and who knows, it might make things worse. I, I'm not, I'm not acting like I know every, every situation that everyone's going through. I want to be very clear about that. Like, obviously, you know, you can't make a blanket statement about how to handle people when people are as complicated as they are. But to me, that is like the goal would be get your person to step in and like mm-hmm. help right. you. Well, do we I, not say that all the time, Jordana? We We're do. always, but I mean, speaking as the person who has the dysfunctional family member, like myself, <laughs> um, <laughs> names, but like, I think that like, I've had to confront issues that like, I could again, just like kind of ignore or like not deal with until now. And it's tough because like, there are people in your life, whether they're like your sister or your mom or things like that, that are like, of course, I want you to be like part of my wedding because this is who you are, but also like you're ruining everything. And I like don't want you to be part of things because you're like making it worse for me. So it's kind of like, even as the person who like, it's their family, it's like, you know what I mean? Like usually it's probably a recurring dysfunctional thing that's going on with them. And it's kind of like hard because you don't want to regret putting like too big of a boundary on that person. And then like, of course, isolating them, but also you don't want to let them like take control of your day. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's so much easier said than done. I think people talk very like flippantly about like set a boundary, set a boundary. It's like, (laughs) yeah, look like obviously, yes, that is the goal. Like boundaries are amazing. They protect both parties. We love them, but also, you know, it's not like, and once you set a boundary, everyone will get along and it's everyone like, respects no, people. It, right? <laughs> yeah. People get, yeah. People can be told boundaries and that doesn't mean they're going to listen to them or respect them, or they can be offended by them. And then you're dealing with the guilt of right. that. Like it's, it's, it's a tough spot to be in. My heart truly goes out to anyone dealing with that in the wedding planning. I think it's the hardest part of getting married is like the let down of the people around you or, or just like being kind of blindsided, not knowing things about people until you are in this position where you're learning them about them. So yeah, it's really, really tough. Totally. What advice do you have for brides who are like, I, I find myself in this position a lot and Nicole, I feel like you might too, where it's like, you find yourself getting caught up in that, like, you know, like in your head, like logically that like the day is about like you and you're like 
family and friends and like celebrating your relationship. But then like there is almost like this tick on the side of your head that's like, but if I'm paying all this money, then I need to make sure that like everything is exactly how yeah. I like want it to be. Cause I do feel like those are like opposing forces. And sometimes yeah, you get course. caught up in one because you get it's almost like I can't possibly have spent all this money not to have the exact vision that I wanted. Exactly. You know, exactly. I do think, um, God, it's such a see, this is where it gets like so it just gets so complicated because my my thought is like, well, just don't spend as much money because you'll realize that even if you spend the money to make things perfect, well, then when they're not perfect, you're going to be obsessing about how they're not perfect. So it's actually a trap no matter what, even if you spend more money or don't spend more money, there is an element of letdown on either side. Um, like for us, like we had this wedding planner who um, I think she was actually a coordinator with the venue. I want to say um, who was brought on like a month before the wedding. And on the day of my wedding, she texted me. She didn't say like, congrats, it's here. Like not, not, no acknowledgement of like, this is my day. She just wrote, um, Hey, don't forget the aux cord for the iPod hookup. And I think about that moment. I was so hurt. Like I couldn't believe it. I was like, of all the people, like of all the people, this is the, this is the person like truly selling the fantasy and has no problem not even saying like, hey, Jamie, happy wedding day. Not a single acknowledgement of the fact that it was my wedding day. My point is yeah. just like, and that's someone that we paid. Like we paid her to come in and help make it better. Right. And in a lot of ways, like you bring the ox cord. Literally, you bring the ox cord. Yeah. You, you put and that like, on your but, list. Right. But then you could also argue like, well, but she's also the one who told the guests where to go and like did all these other wonderful things. And you know, so it's like this weird thing where you're spending money, but also there's still things coming up and you don't feel like they should because you spent the money to prevent them. I know this isn't fully answering your question. No, I, I guess think you're I just, getting at it. I, I just feel yeah. like it's just so it's so tough. I mean, the, the 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 best answer is like, I guess it is what we're talking about. It's like just because you paid a lot and feel like that should be your get out of jail free card. Just know that it isn't like unfortunately buying like you can't really buy perfection. It actually is like not really attainable because even if you feel like they did everything they said they would, there could be like little moments throughout the day where you're like, I didn't like how that person handled that. And it's like, technically they did their job, but they just didn't do it exactly the way you're hoping. And yeah. So I think that that probably would be the best advice is like, do not think that any amount of money is going to secure a perfect day. I just don't think that's how it works. Right. You never hear a, a couple who's gotten married, say like the day when absolutely 100% perfect. No. There's always something like, oh, I would have done this differently or like, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was the best day of my life, except blah, blah, blah. Like there's never a perfect wedding day. And to get caught up in those moments, I feel like really is to like lose the like energy, like the positive energy of the day. So like obviously easier said than done, but like, yeah, to focus on like what is going well is like probably, I guess, a better way to try to get their perspective. Although like, obviously, you know, if it's a a day you've been thinking about for like months or years, it's, it's tough. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I think also it's like the the thing and it's definitely the hardest thing, but like also, you know, if you and your partner are really solid and you guys are like actually really into each other, I think that's kind of the only thing that is you can like count on and cling to. 
It's like, oh yeah, but like all this, but what we actually like really love each other and really into each other. Like to me, that's kind of what it, what it really comes down to, because that's pretty much the only thing that you fully can control. Right. That's, I think that's great to like focus on that. If any, at any moment you're getting like kind of frustrated or like irritated to focus on like that thing, which is like, again, the reason that you're there in the first place um, is probably like the best advice that you could give. Yeah. Someone once told me to like, keep in mind you're inviting, you're hopefully not inviting a bunch of randoms to your wedding, but you're inviting like your best friends and your family members who are there to support you and love you ultimately. So like, try to get that in your head more and not the fact that like these people will be judging you for picking the wrong color tablecloths. Like they don't care about that. They don't care. As long as they're having fun and you're having fun. You're exactly. I guess we all like come at our weddings. Like, like it's going to be reviewed by the times or something. Like no one really cares. Yeah. And also I always say like, I always think that, um, food quantity is really important, like not even quality, but just making sure you don't run out of stuff. Cause I think some people at your wedding, I think, I mean, depending on how big your wedding is, you know, there are those guests who are really just there and they don't really know anybody. And they're maybe from like parts of your life, like that haven't intersected with other parts of your life. And like, you know, social awkwardness is real. And I think people really just like, kind of want to eat to like keep themselves busy. So like having stuff for people to snack on and like something to do besides just like go to the bathroom a bunch is like a really nice thing to do for people that they don't even maybe realize they need. That's a very underrated yet good tip. Like have enough food. It doesn't have to be like the gourmet and have music. You've got to have some sort of like music playing all the time just so there's not that awkward awkwardness in the background. I agree. What do you think is like the biggest waste of money? On at weddings like what would you scratch from like a wedding budget is unnecessary mm. uh i what do i think is a waste of, i don't think bands are necessary um i feel pretty strongly about that i think that they're one i mean look they can be i've been to weddings with amazing bands this is i'm not anti-band but if you really need to save I mean, nothing beats songs the way they sound on the album it's just a fact crank them up you know, invest in some decent speakers if, or, you know, or maybe the venue has great, a great sound system, hopefully. Yeah. Like you can just have a great playlist, you know, maybe get a DJ or not have your friend help and like, just have a, I mean, one of the best weddings I ever went to, they just had like, yeah, just like uh, an iPod. And it was like literally getting texts in the middle of songs. And it was just like, (laughs) whatever, it's fine. We had like the best time we danced so much. So I, I really think that um bands are really expensive rightfully so they are live performers and multiple multiple people have to be paid um but yeah i do think nothing nothing beats just like a great playlist i like that our audience is gonna love that answer too because it's so interesting since like on instagram they dm us constantly we get to see kind of like the trends of what they're feeling lately Everyone, I swear, everyone's loving a DJ now instead of a band. And I used to, I, I thought it. that like bands were the thing and yeah, Me they're too. way too expensive. I think they were like more of the thing to do years ago. Now it's like people are leaning towards DJs, which is great because I splurged on a fucking band. So <laughs> bands are amazing. I, I think the only thing with a band is, you know, it depends on... The only thing that I would say with a band is like, if you're, if you're at an outdoor venue, acoustics can get really tricky. We had a band at ours 
And they definitely just sounded a little different outdoors than they did when we heard them the first time indoors. So, and that wasn't even on them. That's like the, the place we had, it just didn't have the right equipment. And I, yeah. So anyways, that's, that's this type of stuff where it's like, there are these variables that you just don't even think about until it's too late. Um, right. So, yeah, but I mean, look, everyone loves a wedding band. They're a blast. Like I get it. Well, I feel very secure in my DJ um, choice now. Right. I feel like right. it was definitely supported here. So I'm selfishly yeah. going to take that one to heart. Um, sure. <laughs> and then if you had to like choose something to spend like more of your budget on, what would that be? Um, if it's outdoors, heaters, I think are really key. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there've been a lot of weddings where they like put out blankets and you're just freezing and it's frustrating. So if you could just, I think heaters are usually anywhere from like 80 to $120 or whatever, each heater or something like that, maybe cheaper in other places. But yeah, I, yeah, I think that if you can just get more heaters, that's usually a good thing. And then even if you don't use them just to have them, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, yeah, that would be uh, the thing I would probably put extra money into. And um, I like that. No one thinks yeah, of that. That's a really good tip because also it's like, I hate being cold, miserable. Even if you. Nothing makes me want to go home faster. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally. Besides, then you have to drink more. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. That was the other one. It's probably open bar. I think that's. Oh yeah. I mean, that's maybe just goes without saying at this point, but yeah, open bar is huge. Okay, this is unpopular opinions. So basically what happens is our audience gives us these opinions and then we have to say whether we agree with them or disagree and why. And they're usually like less popular, like ones okay. that people aren't thinking. Hence the name unpopular opinions. So the first one is marriage announcements with registry details are rude. What is like an announcement? I think they're a, a more traditional thing. Like people used to send out, you know how you get like a baby when you're um, like a baby announcement when you're, uh, pr- when you, when, right. a, when you're pregnant, you can send those out. But people you, used to do them about ma- Oh, because you're saying if people, you're usually invited to the wedding. Right. If Is that, I've never right, seen so a marriage it, announcement. I haven't either. I think they're a, a like old school thing. Like even oh, if you didn't invite even the person if you weren't to the invited? Wedding, yeah, like, like you would send it to oh, like coworkers. Like yeah, I don't like it either. No, 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 no. That's a po- I would say that's a popular weird. opinion. Yeah, yeah. So actually, only fifty-seven percent of our audience. We have the we did a poll with it. Only fifty-seven percent of them agreed that this is rude, which well, is kind of crazy. Here's my question: Is that more of like a COVID thing? Like, hey, like I know you were invited to our wedding, but like we just That's eloped a great point. because of COVID. So like, just to let you know, we're married. Here's our registry. I think that's all my cousin did. He he sent out uh, an, an announcement like that. Right. I think it makes sense for this particular, very specific situation. Same, same. Um, yeah, I think that it's, it is a weird move. I don't think it's a weird move to have it on your invitations. I think that's fine. But I, I think, I think COVID has made a lot of things that, weren't done a certain way now are done a certain way. So I don't know that I would even think it was that weird at this point. I think that there's so many weirder things happening in the world. You'd probably get away with it and I wouldn't even notice. Yeah. That's a really good point is that 
like really, I, we get a bunch of DM questions. Like, is it weird if I do this? And I'm like, literally nothing's weird anymore. Just do whatever the F you feel is right because it's COVID times and everybody's doing things that they need to be doing. All right. So our next unpopular opinion, your wedding doesn't have to be the best day of your life. Can, can everyone just stop saying that? Uh, that's going to be a hard agree for me. Um, yeah, I think we, we talk about this in the book, Ridiculous. Um, we have a whole chapter about this, but we always call it your medium day instead of your big day, Ooh. because I think that it's just a lot of pressure to put on people. It also minimizes other great days in your life that maybe maybe are planned or maybe aren't. Maybe you're just sort of organically like, holy shit, that was a really good day. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's a, it's a toxic pressure to put on people. I definitely think it'll be up there. Yeah. I think it's definitely like a very unique day. Like it's unlike any other day because of the events taking place. And again, the getting ready all day, you know, those are things you don't do all the time. So yes, it's a very unique day. I would say, you know, I've had other days where I was like probably more purely, purely happy. Well, it's funny. I feel like that makes a lot of sense. There's also like a lot of responsibilities that you have to do on your wedding day. Like it is really fun. It is like a beautiful day, but it's also like, again, you have to like sort of execute this big event. You have to like say hello to a lot of people sometimes that you don't even really want to like say, like if you're just a guest at a wedding, sometimes I feel like like to be the person throwing the party is not often as fun as the person attending the party. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Also like the feminist in me wants to think that like this, this, that's a kind of like outdated statement. Like your wedding should be the best day of your life. Like why can't our wedding or why can't the best day of our life be like something we achieved at work or absolutely, just, you know, it's like, that's when I'm like feeling really great. Not that I'm not when I'm marrying the love of my life, but no, I've had some of my highest highs from career for sure. Right. Exactly. The so, day that I found out I got this, this part on a show that I was on crashing. I mean, I like broke down fucking hysterical crying. Like I, <gasps> I was so shocked. I had no idea. I was like, I mean, that's like today I'm like, Oh my God, that was like, like miraculously great news. And it completely changed the tra- trajectory of my day. Like, yeah, I just, Is that the best just, day of your life again, maybe, I mean, definitely one of them. <laughs> I, again, th- I talk about being blindsided. I mean, I really had no idea that it was going to happen. So See, I, was I have the chills shocked. from hearing you say that. And I don't get the chills from like engagement <laughs> stories. And when, like, <laughs> so that's saying something it's like, I, and I physically, I don't know if like when I watch somebody on like the internet or whatever, like get really happy because of a career achievement, I literally cry for them. Like happy tears. Oh, same. And are I those like college admission videos. I die. Yes. Oh my God. I die. Those are- if, if you get into Harvard, I'm yes. crying with you. Literally bawling. Oh, yes. Yeah. So our audience, 79% of them agree with us that it doesn't have to be the best day of your life. Let's throw that one out the window. And then the last unpopular opinion, you can get drunk on wine and beer just fine. Be thankful for the open bar. So I think what that means to say is that you don't need a full open bar. You can just oh, have like oh, a wine and beer oh. open bar. Yes. I'm, I'm assuming that's what that means. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm like, I think I disagree with that. I think an open bar is nice, like a full open bar, personally. 
Or I don't know. I should know the answer to this, but is there an in-between where it's like, we do a couple of like signature cocktails and then we do like, we'll do like a bourbon lemonade situation or whatever the equivalent is. And then we'll do like beer and wine. Like, is there an in-between where you can have some alcohol? It's just not I think whatever so. you want, whenever you want kind of thing. It's like different everywhere. Like, like a bar tab, right? Or something. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. There's some where you, some like packages, they make you like buy a certain amount of bottles. So you, there is a chance you could like run out if everyone wants uh, vodka, which happened okay, actually yeah. at my sister's wedding. Oh, <laughs> we no. ran out of vodka. Oh, that's so stressful. Yeah. I, I don't, I like her friend reminded me of it the other day. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. But um, hmm. I agree with you guys. I, disagree i think like if and again people so a lot of people but because because of budget restrictions a lot of people just do beer and wine as the open bar i agree with this person and that you can get drunk off those just totally. fine but um yeah i don't know i would fall asleep if i drank too much wine that's, like, that's the thing that's is like they're both so heavy it's just like yeah. it's like liquid potatoes and grapes <laughs> yeah Legit. I think whatever like, they make beer out of wheat, <laughs> just it's like a wheat milkshake. I think the harder alcohol, like, is more of a like dance party vibe. But again, Me it depends too. like what vibe you're going for. I guess right, that's true. So we have one quick email that a listener wrote in, and this was actually oh. like they said literally for the wedding coach and subject. So I had to make it Do cute. Wanna, yeah, we need okay, to get your I think, I, I think someone yeah. sent it to me. Okay, I'm gonna read it with you while you. Yes. yes. Okay. I'm going to read it with you while you read it. All right. You want me to, I'll read it. Okay. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. My question is, what is the best way to deal with kids at a wedding? We are worried about screaming slash crying during the ceremony. And we want to make sure parents can have a fun night slash not have to leave super early. We initially were set on an adults only ceremony and reception, but reconsidered once we felt like we were hurting people's feelings. Oh man. I was, I did this. I had the same thing happen. Go on. There's a small group of kids we are planning on having at the wedding, uh, at the wedding now, nieces slash nephews. I would appreciate any and all input. Most of our guests with kids will be traveling to our wedding from out of state. So that complicates things. I would love to hear your take on this. I have a similar issue because my wedding's in Mexico and I have a lot of nieces and nephews and I also don't want to have any kids at the wedding. So I have like, this is like, I didn't write this in, but I could have. Wait, <laughs> so what, what, what are you, what is your solution? What have, where, where are you at with your, your, my current, where have you landed? My current solution is that, um, I was just going to have, like, have the kids there for the ceremony. And then like, there have, there's like babysitters on premises that you can hire. So to like, then have them go like to a babysitter and then. Right. Leave. And they, they I right. think, and I, that they could come to the rehearsal dinner though. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of where I would probably land with it as well. Um, I had a very similar situation. I really wanted, I had gone to a wedding before my wedding. That was strictly no kids still an out of town wedding. Lots of people coming in. She was just like, no kids, no kids, like just no. And it ended up, it's a great, it was again, that was the same one as the iPod hookup wedding. It was one of the best weddings I've ever been to, if not the best wedding. Um, so I definitely do think that, you know, there is something to be said for the no kids situation. Um, but I do think that if you can have babysitters on the premises, that is like, that is the, the best possible scenario because what will end up happening if you don't is people end up just leaving early right. because they have kids back at the hotel. That is really what, what will happen is people will just leave. Yeah. Um, so that's just something to consider. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to 
handle this. I mean, yeah, you know, it is weird to be like an expensive dress. And then you have, you know, little children like running around, like leaving crumbs of goldfish crackers all over the dance floor. Like that fully happened at my wedding. And I was like, what is this? It just felt they're like, this just does not, these do these, these, these things don't go together. Like this just doesn't look cute. How many kids um, did you have at your wedding? There were actually, there were only like three. Um, but then there was an issue of like other people being like, oh, they brought their kids. Why can't I bring my kids? Like, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where there's really no great way to handle this. It's going to be, somebody's going to be let down. But I do think if you can have babysitters nearby that can kind of like take the kids to play somewhere else, that's like. To me, that's like the best possible situation. So the parents could still check in, but they don't have to leave the wedding. Do you think it should be on the couple to hire and pay for the babysitter or on the parents to hire and pay for the babysitters to chip in? I mean, ideally it would be, I would say on the parents, I think, but yeah. Well, I feel like they would hire a babysitter to go to your wedding in their hometown. Right, right. right. That's the ideal scenario. Like bring like bring your babysitter to the hotel, have them like stay in the room during the ceremony and stuff. And then after the ceremony, send your kids to the hotel room with the babysitter and parents enjoy the reception. That's I mean, that's, I think it's also like, it's interesting because I don't have children. So I'm definitely speaking from a place of not really fully understanding, which I want right. to make very clear, but I will say knowing my personality, man, I'd be so excited to like have the night to just enjoy exactly. myself. Yeah. And I think That's there's like, say. I think there's some parents who feel that way. And then others who are like, oh, like, why don't you want my kids there? They're so great. Right. Like, you right. Know what I mean, right. they're so right. cute. Right. And it's like, yeah, but like, you don't want your wedding to be cute. You want it to be like, I keep saying like, I want everyone, I want it to be like, kind of like a drunken rager. So like, yeah, of course your kids are cute, but they don't really fit into that. No, they don't rage. Yeah. Into that. Like thing. Don't I don't rage. want them to be like dancing on the dance floor. Really? Unless they're that awkward, like, 12 to 15-year-old age where they are trying to, like, sneak champagne. That was me when I was that age at a wedding I went to. And then yeah. you're, like, risking the venue and stuff because you're, like, underage. To have these oh, little my God. Underage I thought brats. about that. Yeah. Sure, that was, sure. Right. It's karma. Right. Karma's going to come back to bite me, and I'm going to have little underage brats running around my wedding. A rager, but not a teen club. So. Yes, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, this was so much fun. Thank you so this much. Was a blast. Oh, thank you so much. This is so fun. I'm so glad I got to talk to you guys. Same. I feel like wow. I got a personal therapy session. in. Too. So. <laughs> <Me> <laughs> too. Honestly, talking about all this stuff is like, it's so important. There's, there's so much, so much to be discussed. So yeah, glad I could come on and chat. So guys check out the wedding coach on Netflix and where can they buy your book? Oh, um, just wherever you buy books, I think Amazon, <laughs> I've heard does good things. Um, oh, wait, you're not supposed to support Amazon. No, support, support local, local, local businesses bookstores. that sell books. But if for some reason, it's not the local bookstore. I've heard that Amazon does good things. Amazing. Sure. So check it out. Check out Jamie Lee. Follow her on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? At really Jamie Lee. There you go. There you go. We will see you next week till death do us part. The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Nicole Pellegrino, Sean Kilby, and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at betches.com. Betches.